What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. How's everyone doing out there? Hope you guys are having a nice week. Nice little Thursday. Got some Thursday night football coming up tonight. Uh, so obviously we didn't do a show yesterday. We were in some meetings and we're looking at doing a few different things for the podcast. Um, doing a little rebranding, a little reshuffling of what this show currently is and what this show is going to be. And when we first started the idea, you know, when the idea was launched for the Sharp Angle Podcast, you know, the 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 concept that sports betting would be legal in America in, in a matter of a year that was unheard of. We didn't think that would be the case. And this show was originally meant for more serious betters, more you know people looking to make it a profession, things like that. But honestly, what the numbers show, what I've seen, and with all the new sports betters now flooding the market, we're going to start doing the show a little bit differently, kind of targeting it towards the new sports better, the sports better who may not know everything about sports betting. And there will be a lot of more or a lot more, you know, kind of uh, basic things that we talk about in terms of getting a new audience in. We're going to go through a whole different weekly setup. If you guys want uh, to check that out, you can go to our Twitter at Sharp Angle Pod and kind of get an idea of what our uh, weeks are going to look like, kind of the weekly layout. But uh, what it's going to be is every single day we'll have a new focus. We'll have a new uh, topic for the podcast. Monday will be NFL Power Rankings. Tuesday, we're bringing it back. Concept Tuesday. We did this for a long time and we're bringing it back. Essentially, we just talk about different sports betting concepts and there's no shortage of those to talk about. So that's on Tuesday, Concept Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday will be our college focus. We'll talk some college football, basketball, hockey, anything uh, college related. Thursday, like on today's show, will be an NBA focus. And then on Fridays, we're going to start doing deep dive handicaps because, as you guys know, the weekends, both Saturday and Sunday, we do very quick picks. Uh, We just get in, give you guys our best picks, and get out. So... What I think is important is if you're going to take my picks on the weekends or take these picks at all, you have to know the process of how I handicap games and what it goes through, what I go through in order to finally put my money behind a team. So tomorrow and every Friday coming up for the foreseeable future, we'll do some deep dive handicaps on every sport. I'm sure there'll be some NFL, some college football, some college basketball, some soccer, some NBA, some hockey coming up. So we'll do a deep dive for a whole bunch of different sports on Friday. But uh, again, give us a follow on Twitter at SharpAnglePod. And I appreciate the listenership. And, you know, we're not making these changes because anything bad's been going on with the show. It's been growing very fast. You know, you guys have been telling your friends and it's been growing quickly, but we're not happy. We want more growth. We want quicker growth and we want to see more people listening to the pod. And the way to do that is to make it more listenable for a larger audience. So we're still going to do everything that we've done before. Talk about sports stories with a sports betting twist, but there will be a couple more shows, especially on these Concept Tuesdays, where we take a step back and talk about the entire world of sports betting from the ground up. But on today's show, like I said, we're going to look at the NBA, the NBC, the NBA season set to kick off on Tuesday, and I'm excited for the NBA. You know, I think the NBA is doing things right. Look at the NHL. You know, those two sports are often compared because they're played around the same time of the year. They're both 82-game seasons. And if I look at the way the NHL and the NBA have handled COVID, I mean, the NBA gets an absolute, you know, A-plus there. It's, it's been tremendous what they've done so far. In terms of finding a schedule that works, making sure it works with the players, coaches, teams, things like that. I mean, look at last year. The bu- the NBA shuts things down. They go directly into a bubble, and it worked probably better than any sport that I've seen 
you know, make it work in, in, in the United States at least. So the NBA's done a great job. They're coming back on Tuesday, and I will next week, so one week from today, I'll unveil my first power rankings of the season. Still working on them a little bit, still working out some kinks here or there, but I'll unveil my my first uh, NBA power rankings of the 2020 2021 season. But on today, uh, on today's podcast, we're going to go through a couple things you should look for when you're handicapping basketball, especially early in the season, what to look for, what to avoid. And then uh, we'll wrap up today's podcast by giving our top 10 players in terms of value on the court. How much are these players worth against the spread? But first off, in terms of handicapping the NBA early in the season, we've got a couple tips for this year, uh, what to look for. Number one, you have to be careful with last year's stats. When you're looking at handicapping these games, looking to try and find little edges here or there, this is a very unique season. For the first time in the history of the sport, we're looking at statistics from the last year that really don't have much merit, especially the second half of the season. Because once those players went into the bubble in Orlando and played all of their games in Orlando, anything in terms of home court, travel, uh, uh, fatigue, a lot of injuries were dealt with differently. There were so many things that were different last year in the NBA. We have to be cognizant of that. We have to be aware of that as NBA betters. We can't just simply maybe do what we would do any other season, where you take their home points, their away points, see how they did after a couple of days travel, see new additions to the team. You know, it was basic work like you do every sport before this but now you're incorporating so many new things you've got to be very very careful with last year's statistics covid the bubble changes everything so you're going to find that teams who have been together for a long time and the coaching staff has been together players know each other they're going to get off to a much faster start this year or i should say their statistics will more accurately reflect what they did last year in the last couple years you get a new team like the the brooklyn nets who knows what we're going to see from early in the season. Now, still, coming up next week in our power rankings, we'll let you guys know how good we think they are. The answer can't always be, well, who knows? You never know. Because honestly, and I've said this before, I do my best work in almost every single sport early in the season. And it's because I do a tremendous amount of homework. I, I come in prepared, ready to go from game number one, and the market doesn't react that quickly. And actually, you know, I, I can't blame the market for not overreacting to anything because the market has has decades upon decades of data to go off of. Not like we don't, but when you have such a history of winning like Vegas or the market does, they're going to be much more reluctant to make these really massive or really big off-season changes in terms of what a team means against the spread. What they'd rather do, they being Vegas or the market or any sports book is simply offer lower limits, not take as high of bets, and then make their changes a half point to, to a point every four or five days, every couple games. So if we do have one advantage in the offseason of sports bettors is we're not beholden to any sportsbook managers or any large data set that we can't budge from or, or anything like that. I think that we can be more creative in our power rankings. I think we can be more ambitious with our uh, estimations of how good some teams will be. I mean, I promise you that early in the season, the Lakers will be a little bit overrated and the Phoenix Suns may be a little bit underrated. Like that's just off the top of my head, but there's going to be certain things you know will happen early in the season. That doesn't mean you bet on or against these teams blindly, but you know, there's certain assumptions that are made that we have to be careful of. But uh, above all, 
we've got to be very, very careful with last year's statistics and very careful with what happened last year in the bubble. And as I was starting to talk about, new teams with new players or added players will take time to mesh, will take time to play well together. (coughs) Excuse me. Especially in the NBA. We've seen this in in the NBA. I mean, first of all, it's the sport, the single sport, where players are on the move the most. it's, it's, It's always musical chairs in the NBA. And every year, the team who has all these new players, supposed to be the great team, they always take a while to get going. But by that second, third month of the season, they're usually rolling. But early in the year, you've got to be careful. You know, everyone's going to want to bet the Nets right out of the gate. But I bet you, at their first 10 games, they don't win more than five or six against the spread. So be careful with these new teams that are just put together. Don't let your excitement for wanting to see Kevin Durant back or what Kyrie and Kevin Durant are going to be like or what Chris Paul is going to be like in Phoenix or all this different stuff. Don't let your excitement drive your betting. Look at the line. See if it should be. And this is really an essence of sports betting altogether, right? Does the line match what it should be? Or another way of saying that is, is the line incorrect? Because by definition, as sports bettors, We don't want to make a bet if the line is correct. We only make a bet if the line is wrong. So keep that in mind. You know, only bet on the Brooklyn Nets early in the season if you think they're being undervalued. If they're if they're minus three and you think they should be minus five. You know, if they're plus two and you think they should be uh, uh, even money, then you have value. Then you make the bets. But keep that in mind. That's the essence of betting. You don't want to just bet to bet. You don't want to just bet because you're excited. See if it makes sense. See if you're getting a deal, getting value on the game you're taking. So again, you've got to be careful with last year's stats, COVID the bubble. You've got to be careful betting new teams with new or added players. And then you've got to be careful betting certain players in general. Let's talk about LeBron James because he may be the most polarizing player in the NBA. He may be the most loved and the most hated at the same time. People love betting on him, and people love betting against him. But LeBron James, we've got some history to go off of for when you bet on LeBron against the spread. Obviously, LeBron James in the playoffs is very good against the spread, almost 56%. That's that's very, very good. Special thanks to Woos Media. Of course, this is a Woos Media podcast, but Woos Media does a lot more than simply podcasting. If you own a business or know anyone who owns a business or know anyone who wants to make the most of any type of online marketing, you've got to contact Woos Media online, W-O-O-Z-E media.com. These guys are the best in terms of getting your advertisements on on popular websites, social media, uh, apps. I mean, really wherever you want to show up, Woos Media can get your company or your event showing up in front of the people you want. Some of the best prices in the country and uh, some of the best delivery service in terms of getting your ads in front of the right demographic, both on phones, iPads, computers, TVs, or wherever you want to show up. If you own a business, know anyone who owns a business and want to make the most of your online presence, contact Woos Media at W-O-O-Z-E Media today. If you look at LeBron James, every year of his career, the second half of the season is just below 52%. Now, that's still that's still losing money to the VIG, right? 52%. You've got to be 52.4% if you're going to break even. So at about 52% against the spread, LeBron James still losing money slightly to Vegas, but that's much better than a lot of other players in the second half of the season and a lot of other situations in his career. Now, I want to take a second and be clear about something here. There is no team 
in any sport, no coach in any sport, no situation in any single sport where you're going to go above 55 to 57% over the long run. I mean, that's why it's, it's amazing to look at how close everything in the world of sports betting is to 50% against the spread over a long period of time. You look at any given player in football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, over the course of their career, they will end up right about anywhere in between 48 and 55% against the spread. That's why the spread is so powerful and so amazing. It is the great equalizer in sports. You're not. That's why the best team in the league can play the worst team in the league. And over the course of 1,000 games, they're each going to win 500 against the spread. The spread is key. And a lot of people love LeBron James. A lot of people saw LeBron James and the Lakers win this, this most recent championship. So a lot of people are going to want to bet on LeBron to start the season. And again, 56% against the spread in the playoffs, that's tremendous. That's very, very high. 52% against the spread the second half of the season every year he's played, that's good, not great. Well, if you look at LeBron the first half of the season, every year he's played, he is 47.2 against the spread. He's not a good starter out of the gates, especially against the spread. And if you look at the first month of his career, or excuse me, the first month of every season in his career, that number comes all the way down to 46%. LeBron James, for how good he is and how good he is against the spread in crucial games, crucial situations, is terrible against the spread the first month of the year. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean we automatically want to fade LeBron and start betting against him? No, it doesn't. But it means be careful. Approach every game very uniquely. Do a deep dive on every game. Do a deep handicap on every single game. Make sure that if you're going to bet on LeBron and the Lakers early in the year, they're in a very advantageous spot where they have a reason to cover the spread. Because I promise you something, Vegas isn't going to make it easy to win betting the Lakers against the spread, the Miami Heat against the spread, the LA Clippers against the spread, the Milwaukee Bucks against the spread. These teams are always usually overpriced. You're usually paying a premium if you're going to bet on those teams, and there's a reason for it. But for certain players like LeBron, be careful, because history says that he doesn't do well the first year of the season. Now, could this year be different? Of course it could. But could this year also be the same because he's going into, what, the 16th, 17th year of his career, something like that? So there's all, all different kinds of reasons why you could look and bet against this or bet on this. And you guys are going to have to do your own evaluation for that. you know. And, and by that, I mean answer this question. Why might this year be different for LeBron? And if you can answer that question and convince yourself that there's a reason, then you can bet on him. But keep in mind... Early in the year has not been a good time to bet LeBron or other really big superstars in the NBA. And then my last point here before we get to our uh, player power rankings is don't fall in love with teams. Because what will happen very often early in the season is there will be one or two, three teams, you know, a handful of teams who are just killing it. They're, they're winning against the spread. They're winning games. And, and it's easy to fall in love with a certain team when you've won a couple times on them. But if you look historically... No NBA team in the history of the league has gone over 65% against the spread in the first month of the season. Things even out over the first month. Also, no NBA team has won more than six straight games against the spread in the first month of any NBA season. So, and I know six games is a lot, but still, the idea that you can just keep betting on teams and fall in love with teams and bet on them, don't do that. If you like a team and you bet on them, you win a couple games, great. Take your money and look elsewhere. Look to bet another team. But and I'm not, Again, 
don't take any of these statements as blanket statements. You don't always fade against a certain situation. You don't always bet on a certain situation. But I promise you that this will happen. And this advice hopefully helps a couple people save a few dollars out there because you can't fall in love with teams early in the year. There's been no NBA team who's been so dominant early in the season that they become very, very profitable and reliable. The spread and the line in in an NBA game is so accurate that you just can't do it. You can't beat it over the long run or even over the short run. And that's the thing. If you look at the accuracy of markets and how good lines are or how accurate lines are, The NFL and the NBA are the two best sports, I think, in the world at predicting or setting the spread for certain games. So be careful with those couple things. All right, uh, before we wrap up today, uh, I've got my player power rankings. Now, what this does, or what this is, is a a, uh, chart for how many points against the spread certain players are worth. And it's, it's kind of fascinating, you know, the idea that if, I don't know, LeBron James gets injured, that the line for the LA Lakers should plummet, you know, and, and people having a hard time quantifying how much should it drop. If, if James Harden goes out, if Anthony Davis goes out, if, if Giannis goes out, how many points should we downgrade their team? Obviously, we should downgrade if Giannis gets, out of the, gets pulled from the game or gets an injury, whatever, but how much? And this is a set of numbers to really start from, and I think these are pretty accurate. Now, these are our preseason power rankings. This will change on a constant basis pretty much every week. But right now, before the season starts, this is our top 10 power rankings for players. So players, what they're worth against the spread. Let's start off with number 10. Number 10, I've got James Harden. And James Harden is worth four points against the spread. Now, James Harden, like a couple other players on this list, comes with a lot of question marks. Uh, I don't even know if he's going to start the season in Houston. You know, he, he's playing with Houston right now in the preseason. If I had to make a bet, an even money bet on where he would be, I'd certainly pick, you know, the Houston Rockets. But you never know with James Harden. He's so wishy-washy. He's been all over the place. I think Houston also, this number may go up because we, we've got to keep in mind, when you're talking about how much a player is worth against the spread, it's not just how good is that player. It's how good is that player and what's around him on his team. Because if you're on a very, very, very talented team and you get hurt, let's let's put it this way. If LeBron James is playing with the Orlando Magic and he gets hurt, that's worth a lot of points because their best player by far is hurt. You know, probably the one player who does everything for him is hurt. And there's not that many great players on Orlando besides LeBron, if he were on LeBron on Orlando in this situation, right? But now you take LeBron and you put him on the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and LeBron gets hurt. He's not going to be worth near as many points because they still have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, so on and so forth. So what you're worth against the spread is really not much about how good you are as a player, but what's your role in your team? How good is everyone else around you? What's impacted when you leave the floor? And that's why James Harden may be a little underrated here. Because if he stays and plays with Houston and John Wall and Boogie Cousins, he may be by far their best player. And when he goes out, this number may be bigger. But right now... Before the season starts, James Harden, with all the question marks, is number 10 on this list. He is worth four points against the spread. Number nine, we're going to go Miami here, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is 4.2 points against the spread. Jimmy Butler 
has a good, very good cast of young players around him. And that's the one thing that Jimmy Butler, I think, has needed in his career. Those guys who aren't afraid to play both sides of the basketball, aren't afraid to play defense, hustle all the time. Like Jimmy Butler is a hustler. I think I don't think there's any question about that. You guys can have your opinions about Jimmy Butler as a person and all that stuff, but the dude shows up early and he's the last one to leave. He works hard. And finally, he has people around him who are willing to do the same thing. So 4.2 points, I think, is very accurate. You know, when he gets hurt, if they're minus 6 and he goes down, I think, you know, around minus 2 would be very appropriate. A little more than 4 points, a little more than Harden, but uh, Jimmy Butler, 4.2 points against the spread. Number 8, Anthony Davis. Did I say for Jimmy Butler? It was 10 for James Harden, 9 for Jimmy Butler, 8 is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is worth 4.3 points against the spread. And when you look at the LA Lakers, they have made some good additions this offseason. I think they got much better than they were last year. But they have two of the top 10 players in the league, for sure. And if Anthony Davis gets hurt, you know, a lot goes through Anthony Davis. We, I think we actually may underestimate how much he touches the basketball. Obviously, LeBron is the point forward. He's going to bring it up. The offense is going to go through him. But Anthony Davis touches the ball almost every single possession, right? That is underrated. That is overlooked very often. And Anthony Davis is a great passer. It's not just that he can score. He, he does great work on the baseline. He shoots. He finishes inside. But he makes everyone else around him better. And that's something him and LeBron James certainly have in common. So Anthony Davis, 4.3 points against the spread if he goes out. Number, I'm going to start numbering these because, uh, let's see, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, Okay. Number seven is Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie Irving worth four and a half points, and he obviously partnering up with Kevin Durant. They both haven't played in in about a year, uh, but this is going to be a very good team. And look, besides Kyrie and KD, this roster kind of falls off after them. I know they're pretty talented, but everything's going to go through those two guys. And if Kyrie Irving gets hurt, four and a half points should be about accurate for the line move. Because number six on the list, remember Kyrie Irving was seven, number six on this list, Kevin Durant, those two teammates are worth nine and a half points total. Kyrie Irving, four and a half. Kevin Durant is worth five points against the spread. Again, they both get hurt, both get in, injured for a game. They're both resting. That line will move 10 points. That's a hefty move. That's a lot of points, but I really think that that's pretty accurate. And if either one of them get hurt, around five should be a good number. These the, these two are probably the most uh, reliant on each other in the entire NBA. It's going to be a lot like LeBron and Anthony Davis when they first joined the LA Lakers, at least for the first month or two of the season. And I think Kevin Durant at number six, Kyrie Irving at number seven, I, I like those ratings. You know, Kevin Durant, five points against the spread, Kyrie Irving, four and a half. That seems, seems about right to me. All right, let's get to the top five here. Number five, Steph Curry. He is worth 5.2 points against the spread. And a lot of question marks with Steph Curry. You know, not just him, but the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, ugh, I felt so bad when uh, uh, Clay Thompson got injured. I mean, that changes everything here. I'm not sure Steph would be this high if, if, if Clay Thompson was still healthy. But because Steph Curry right now is a huge part of that offense, huge part of the distribution on that team, really the heart and soul of that team right now, Number five in the league at 5.2 points per game against the spread. That is, if anything, underrating him. 
I mean, I think Steph Curry comes back and reminds us all how good he is this year. And I'll admit, guys, I'm not the biggest Steph Curry fan. For a long time in his career, I haven't been, oh, Steph, Steph, Steph. But we need to understand that he – look at Golden State last year, and I know they had a lot of injuries, but just look at them last year compared to the year before when they didn't have Kevin Durant. You know, things change quickly in the NBA, and it only takes one or two injuries to make a team from, you know, great to average – and I don't know how good Golden State's going to be this year. With Klay Thompson, they could be a contender. Right now, without him, I'm not so sure that's the case. But that doesn't make any that doesn't make a difference for Steph Curry. If anything, that just makes him more valuable. So right now, Steph, 5.2 uh, points against the spread, and that may be a little cheap for him. Number four on the list, LeBron James. LeBron is worth 5.5 points against the spread. And that number stayed pretty consistent for the last couple of years. I, I feel confident about this number. I've seen it play out both last year and the year before. So both in the bubble and outside the bubble, about five and a half, six points is good for LeBron James. We'll call it five and a half on today's show. Do we really have to break down LeBron James game? We all know what this guy does well. He distributes. He does. Is there? Let me put it this way. Is there anything he doesn't do well? He makes the LA Lakers a title contending team when he's on the team. And if he left, if it's just Anthony Davis and that cast, they are nowhere near the best team in the West. Right now they are. LeBron James, most valuable player on that team at five and a half points. Number three on the list. Number three, Basil. Uh, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is worth six points against the spread. And this goes back to what I said earlier in the show. It's not just about intrinsic talent. I do not think Damian Lillard is the third best player in the NBA. But with the surrounding cast in Portland, how good he is to that team, what he means both offensively and defensively, Portland, when Damian Lillard is on the floor, is the best offensive efficiency team in the NBA. When Damian Lillard is off the court, they drop to 17th in offensive efficiency. I mean, this team completely changes when Damian Lillard is playing and when he's not playing. And even though Portland is caught up in the toughest division in basketball and a very, very loaded, deep Western Conference, I think Damian Lillard is certainly the one player who gets ignored the most. The one player who doesn't get the credit that he deserves in terms of his worth against the spread. When he's playing on Portland, they're one of the better teams in the West. Maybe lower half of the playoffs a five, six, seven, eight seed, but they're still very good. When he's off the floor, they're not a playoff team. Damian Lillard, number three in the rankings, six points against the spread. Number two, Kawhi Leonard is worth 6.1 points against the spread. And we've seen this play out the last couple uh, years. And the reason, by the way, why Paul George isn't on this list is the statistics say otherwise. Paul George is around 13th, 14th in terms of value in the NBA. I know these two team up, teamed up. I know that they're perceived to be the two carrying the Clippers right now, but stats show when Paul George leaves the floor, not that much happens. When Kawhi leaves the floor, they become a very different team. And this is both offensively and defensively. Again, we know Kawhi can play defense. We know he's one of the best two, uh, two-way players in the NBA. But it's the efficiency. It's just like Damian Lillard. This team's much better at scoring baskets and, and getting baskets and getting open looks when Kawhi Leonard is on the floor. And I, I, I think the idea that Kawhi Leonard is has that uh, Carmelo Anthony gene where when he touches the ball, the offense stops moving, that's simply not true. Look at this. Look at the data. Look at the stats. Like This offense is better with him on the floor. Even when he palms the ball, does that thing in the paint, ends up hit, hitting the fadeaway shot or whatever it may be, I don't care how many mid-range jumpers he takes. I don't care. The decisions that Kawhi makes on the court 
are as good as anyone making decisions right now in the NBA with the ball in their hands. He's creative. He passes well. They're great. They're very efficient offensively and one of the better defensive teams with Kawhi on the floor. Kawhi Leonard, number two in the rankings, 6.1 points against the spread. And number one, the single most valuable player right now in the NBA. You guys want to guess? I'll give you three seconds. All right. Best player right now in the NBA is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, big surprise, right? Giannis is worth 6.5 points against the spread. One of the most valuable players. And I, you know, a lot of these other guys I had to defend, or at least I felt like I had to defend why they were at a certain spot, things like that. This is, come on, isn't this obvious to everyone watching? I mean, look at Milwaukee when they have Giannis and when they don't. Look at how impactful he is all over the floor. He does everything. He rebounds offensively and defensively. He passes well. He scores. He shoots. He scores inside, outside. And he makes everyone else around him better. If you guys want to argue with this, number one overall, contact me on a Twitter at SharpAnglePod, and we'll talk a little bit about these power rankings. I'll, I'll post these on Twitter as well. But right now, I think Giannis absolutely is the best player in the NBA and the most valuable, which is not always the same thing as we talked about. It's not always synonymous, best and most valuable. But in this case, it certainly is. Uh, and there are a couple players who I understand I left off the list. You know, uh, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, both for the Denver Nuggets. The reason they're not on the top 10 is because of the talent around them. You know, Denver is maybe the deepest team in the entire NBA. Therefore, losing one player, even though it means something, doesn't mean as much as the guys who I just named on this list. Uh, we talked about Paul George, uh, Russell Westbrook probably should be on this list, but it's way too early to tell with him in Washington. So... You know, there are a couple players who almost made it, but that does it for my top 10. Once again, top 10 goes like this in terms of how valuable players are against the spread. Uh, number 10, James Harden at uh, four points. Number nine, Jimmy Butler at 4.2 points. Number eight, Anthony Davis, 4.3 points. Number seven, Kyrie Irving, 4.5. Number six, Kevin Durant, five points against the spread. Number five, Steph Curry, 5.2 points against the spread. Number four, LeBron James, 5.5 points against the spread. Number three, Damian Lillard, six points against the spread. Number two, Kawhi Leonard, 6.1 points against the spread. And number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo, six and a half points, ATS. So, all right, that does it for today's show. And I hope you guys enjoyed that. Keep in mind, next week on Thursday, we'll do our first NBA power rankings of the season. See what you guys think about that. And uh, I hope you guys like this new format. I hope everything ends up working out and and uh, you guys end up appreciating it and liking it. And, you know, let us know what you think. Again, on uh, online or on uh, Twitter at SharpAnglePod. And whatever you guys have going today, whether it's some soccer, little Thursday night football, good luck in your bets. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle.